It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. I am so glad you are with us in hour number two of the show this Saturday. I always try to bring you really interesting guests and different things that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, or things you need to see in our area. So this interview that we're getting ready to do takes us up to Northwest Georgia, Northern Georgia, Dawsonville. I want to introduce you to Suzanne Franklin, Jungle Paradise Daylilies. If some of you have ever been to Daylily festivals and sales, maybe you've seen some of Suzanne's work. 15 beautiful acres of every color daylily you can imagine up in Dawsonville. Suzanne, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, glad you had me. <laughs> so really glad you and I met at uh, in Ballground a few weeks back. We were both at the uh, 70th anniversary of the Ballground Garden Club, and you did a really great talk with some of the guests there. And you're a hybridizer of daylilies. So tell us, what does that mean? Um, that means about 30 years ago, I started hybridizing daylilies. Um, on a small scale, but now it's on a large scale, and now I have 1,000 in the park garden alone, different clumps of different hybrid daylilies that I've hybridized over the years. Wow, and and scientifically, I guess without getting too complicated, but how does one do that? Because you just start with the rhizome, you start with the clump, and then how in the world are you like inspired? To, I guess you kind of mix and match them if you're a hybridizer, right? Well, actually, I started so many years ago that they started with the diploids, and that's 22 chromosomes, and someone figured out how to double them to make uh, tetraploids, which is 44 chromosomes. So you only can cross the dips to the dips and the tets to the tets. <laughs> but, um, so it's just, it's not hard at all. It is a little harder than you think because it takes several hundred to get a couple of pretty ones. So that's why this is a long-term project that has just exploded into some amazing things. I just cross them, and I'm not the creator, but it, it comes out beautiful, more beautiful every year. So enjoy looking at them and enjoy showing people. It's a labor of love and certainly one that requires patience and creativity. And so you've been doing this for what you said, close to 30 years, right? Pardon me? You've been doing this for 30 years? Oh, yes, definitely. And how did you get started? Like, who inspired you, or where did you start to really become interested in daylilies to say, I'm going to start doing that? Well, some of the people, Mary Lou and Ralph Hutchison and and Pat and Paul Seaman that have passed away, they started me, and they said, honey, we get so tired of seeing the same old lilies, just start crossing everything to everything. So that's what I did years ago. That's why I have some crazy, beautiful exotics is what I call them, the seven to 10 inch flowers, the glitter edges, gold dust sparkles. And then, so if that's not enough, I worked on those. Now I'm into doubles and rare form and spiders um, and paints, which looks like you splashed paint on the flower. Um, it's, it's just it's extensive about what you can do. So and what are the ones with, like, the almost uh, jagged, like, shark-tooth-looking edges? What are those called? Those are called daylilies with teeth okay. and uh, definitely have a whole line of those. Actually, I've just got mostly everything I've ever dreamed of in the lily world. And now 
we have a huge place to entertain people because I'm a people person that has thousands of lilies. So uh, my husband has built a area of 15 acres with all kind of structures to for people to enjoy, like um, a 24 by 24 pavilion. The bathrooms are done in jungle for the boys. The girls is done in tropical paradise. Our house has two stories of glass on the back, so you can overlook the other garden. I take you to the with a full tour of everywhere, and I'm very exotic and crazy. Like in my decorating, I bring in jungle and paradise every on every inch of this property. It is a fun event. <laughs> it's what I call it. It's a fun event to see. And a beautiful name for sure. If you want to see pictures of some of Suzanne's daylilies, you have to follow her on Facebook. Jungle Paradise Daylilies is the page. You will not be disappointed. I mean, Suzanne, like you said, some look painted. I mean, it's just incredible how Mother Nature works. It really is. And um, you get to enjoy them. I take people. I have one uh, called a classy car that I take people around in. It's a purple and then the other is called a jungle buggy. So if you have a hard time walking, I, I drive you through. I have many, many groups and enjoy many things. And, and then also I was shocked about Clint Eastwood uh, calling. Well, it was his Luke Castleberry, his name. Uh, he called and asked for lilies for that movie, The Mule. And I thought it was a joke. I thought he was teasing me. You know, I said, how do I know you're for real? His name didn't even sound real. And he said, um, Google me. And I said, well, you're a young person. You're for real. What do you want? So he ended up buying a thousand lilies from me. And what I did for you guys is I just put all that money back into the place so you could have more fun. And this is an agritourism location now. And it's just so you could have more fun. So the Hollywood encounter that really put Jungle Paradise Daylilies on the map was the 2019 Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. Um, Suzanne, for those who haven't seen the movie, what's the scene where those thousand daylilies are on display? Well, it, there's, um, they do, well, actually it was a true story, and Clint Eastwood said that was the last one he would ever play in. He was 88 then. He now, on June 1st, turned 91, and he's making another movie. Um, they sent me pl- clips from the movie. Um, they didn't use them all because it is about the mule, which I thought was an animal, and it's really a drug runner. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they did um, they they did judging and they did um, competition. And I have won once uh, in well, one in competition on my own as a hybridizer, and I won first place. And I said, I'm not going to do that again because I might not win first place. So you got the gold. You know, you don't want to go anywhere else. Right. Yeah, exactly. When you start off at number one, where do you go from there? All right. Well, I'm talking with Suzanne Franklin of Jungle Paradise Day Lilies, and I'm so glad I met her. She's got 15 beautiful acres up in Dawsonville. Um, For folks that really don't you know, they, they haven't planted daylilies that are not familiar with them. What's the time of year that we're best to enjoy the blooms of a daylily? Okay, my bloom season used to be 25 years ago. We've been on this property, the 15 acres, 25 years, and I've worked on the garden for that long. Uh, it used to be only three weeks. Now oh. it's extended to um, at least a, a month and a half. But the month of June is when you see most of them blooming around Father's Day, or right now I'm in peak. I mean, there's thousands of lilies that you've never seen anywhere else. 
You may have seen similar, but they're not my babies. I call them my babies. <laughs> so you'll get to see them. And, you know, there's streams and hammocks and everything else to enjoy to uh, in the park area, uh, picnic tables. And so um, but that's that's about what I was trying to tell you. So then what does your property become? You know, when the day lilies are faded, we're in the, the heat of summer, say late July, August and all of that and other times of year. What other showy plants do you have for when folks are touring what they can enjoy? Oh, wow. I have like 30 different types of wildflowers. I have uh, 20 different, this is going to be crazy, but different colors of native azaleas, some 15 feet tall that I've planted. I have 70 different kind of azaleas, uh, rhododendrons, camellias um, that you, co- you could come around Easter uh, and you could see those. Um, there's just a massive amount. I, I even plant tulips every year because my customers love to see those penny top tulips. But I have I have bananas on the banana trees right now in North cool. Georgia. Is that not crazy? That is so amazing. I, I have everything you could ever think about. I have the vanilla orchid inside that grows vanilla beans. I'm, it's just crazy. I just call myself eccentric because I love life. I love people. Of course, I love the Lord, but I love this. This is such a blessing. I didn't even know my name meant Lily until I'd been hybridizing for 10 years. Wow. I'm like, I told my husband, I said, honey, we're embracing this. This is what I was meant to do. So I enjoy every customer. I ask them to call ahead so they can make a special appointment so I can really entertain them personally. So I've had, I've had over... 11 different states visit this year um, already, and I had um, more than that. That's really neat. So yeah, if you could have a, a guest book <laughs> out and have everybody sign the guest book so you can see the states far and wide that they're coming from. Now, I want to get a little bit of a clarification from you. You are the expert, Suzanne. Earlier in the month on my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, I did a week early in June where I did like, you know, a different lily every day, you know, a picture of it just for identification purposes. And I stayed real basic. I did Stella de Oro. I did like an August flame. I think I highlighted the difference between Oriental and Asiatic lilies. But when we say day lily, is that a different plant than what just when people are saying a lily, if they're saying an Easter lily or a um, Asiatic lily or something, is can that be a day lily or are they not the same thing? It's totally different. Okay. You know, these started back, we call them ditch lilies, the orange things that grow in the ditch that uh-huh. are invasive. If you have any of those, I get everyone to dig them up. Spray Roundup where you dug and put them in a bag and roll them up real tight and put them in the trash because they'll take over. But these are different completely. Now, I do have some Asiatic lilies, and they grow like four and five feet tall. I put them in pots so people can smell them. They're so wonderful, Uh, of course, along with my jasmine and um, all kind of other fragrant flowers that I carry. But, yeah, they're totally different, not anywhere near the same. And the lily, you can plant them any time of the year, the day lily that I'm talking about, where I cut them on uh, to get you a clump off or a piece, and I give you soil and mm-hmm. the bottom land I have. I give you earthworms usually. Uh, they grow roots back on your side and roots back on my side. They're the most wonderful plant, I think, 
of course, I would say that. I'm a holy person <laughs> in the world, you know, and after you come and see this, you'll go, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, we, we will not stick with Stella de Oro and blah, blah, blah. We can actually get a little <laughs> more exciting than that. Well, Suzanne, I want to wrap things up and give you the opportunity to tell folks where to find you online or how to get in touch with you and even when the tours run if people want to come up to Dawsonville. Okay, um, you can go to Jungle Paradise daylilies.com or you can go on Facebook to Suzanne Wood W-O-O-D Franklin and uh, friend me there and also there is a Facebook Jungle Paradise too so um, just give me a call at 678-410-6830 and can people buy them year round from you or does it have to be this time of year oh you can buy them year round this is the time that you really want to look and see i do have pictures and i'm working on the computer stuff but i love to be in the garden so i've got some things going on i'm trying to finish up and um, i'm just getting more help and it's just an exciting life i love my life it's just wonderful here so much fun and i am really really glad we struck up a conversation in ball ground a couple of weeks ago i knew the listeners would absolutely love this and guys just wait until you see the pictures of course, again, Jungle Paradise Daylilies, either on Facebook or .com, and you'll see all the fantastic pictures. No wonder Suzanne's excited. They're gorgeous, every <laughs> color you can imagine. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much, and I'll check back with you, and, and uh, you'll have to let me know how many Green and Growing listeners hit you up and uh, reached out to you after this interview. Okay, sounds great. Have thank a so great much. morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Going to the lilies. I love it. All right. Time to take a break and check on traffic and weather. We'll be back. You're listening to Green and Growing. Stay tuned to WSB. Well, that was a lot of fun. I hope you learned a little something. Always fun to have guests on the show with me. So the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Now you know it. It's time for this. Green Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Keeping it easy for you. Maybe it's time to add more mulch. That is number one. You got to choke out those weeds, whether the mulch just wasn't thick enough or some of it's washed away, or at least be plucking those weeds out from the summer gardens. They do nothing but seal nutrients and water from the plants that you want. Number two, berry bushes. They're doing what they do. Got a lot of berries, don't they? Have netting on hand to protect them from eager birds. And number three, you may have your hands full now with your summer garden. I get that. But start thinking ahead to what you'd like as far as fall vegetable crops. So get a jump on looking at seed catalogs and talking to nurseries about which to buy. You want to get ahead of the rush. A lot of places will run out of seed. So be thinking ahead. I know we're only at the end of June, right? Well, coming up, dropping more garden knowledge on you. And can't wait to hear from you. 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. You know it's green and growing right here on 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome back to Green and Growing. I'm really glad you're here on a Saturday morning. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. So for those of you that follow me on Facebook, you saw that I did something fun about a month ago. There's a picture of four very handsome gentlemen, if you will, 
from the WSB newsroom, and we kind of entered into a contest of sorts. So with me to follow up on said contest that began back around the middle of May, I've got Judd Hickenbotham from Atlanta's Morning News. Hello, Judd. Good morning. How are you? Chris <laughs> Camp, our news director for yeah, WSB, tomato growing expert. Tad Lemire from the tra Tad and Direct's morning show on B98.5. Mark Aram's mask is loaded with makeup. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great observation. I You're love right. how you slipped into uh, adult contemporary voice right there. <laughs> B98.5. morning show. FM. And then Mark Aram, Hello. your favorite traffic reporter on Channel 2 Action News this morning and WSB Radio. So, Mark, I'll start with you. What did I con you guys into? What did I share with you about a month ago? Well, you know that guys are very competitive, especially the dudes in the newsroom. Um, so you you just had to throw out the gauntlet, the challenge, the tomato growing challenge. You gave uh, myself, Tad, Judd, and Chris Camp a little baby tomato plant uh, with the idea that we'll each grow these. And I guess the 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 final tally will be who has the best looking tomatoes off the plant. That's who wins the contest. I'll give it to whoever has tomatoes, period. <laughs> if there's any fruit that even resembles a tomato. And I don't want to steal credit. Now, this was Tad's idea because, Tad, you were just brilliant in the FM radio realm where you get people engaged and you think a contest and you want to hear their good stories. So you came up with this. And I still have yet to see your garden, by the way. Listen, this is I, I only suggested it because I wanted a free tomato plant <laughs> and it worked. But I'll tell you, um, I remember growing some tomatoes and other vegetables. I had a container, an urban container garden years ago, and uh, nothing was coming of it. And so I went back to the to the store, to like a Pike Nursery or whatever, and I said, you know, my vegetables aren't growing. I don't understand. It's just not working. I'm just, I have a brown thumb. And they said, well, where are the containers located? Oh, no. I said, well, they're under a tree. And they were like, uh-huh. And how often are you watering them? Oh, and my face turn beet red and, and they were like yeah you want to mix in a little sunshine and water <laughs> so, 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 something tells me that you've got the charlie brown christmas tree then at your house. <laughs> it's pretty abysmal how's that son sam do you remember to feed him and water him and it, let him get a little vitamin d every now and then <laughs> so judd you and your wife jessica you have had tomato plants for a number of years but yeah. what's your number one enemy uh, number one enemy are the squirrels. There's no doubt about it. We we actually grow we grow plants every year, and the you know we actually do get tomatoes. And I got I got two kids, uh, four and a six year old. My six year old loves to run out there in the morning and see the tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And half the time there will be they'll either be disappeared or more times than not actually you'll have a half eaten tomato Ew. sitting on our deck. <laughs> no, and it's that is that is what it is. We can grow them, we just can't keep them. We get we have very hungry squirrels apparently. Now, do they chew the stems at all or you at least get the full plant? No. They're smart and wait for the fruit. Yeah, that's it. It's just the it's just the just the fruit. I mean, they just they have no reason to to have the stems. They just they just want what we want. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, they're pesky. And Chris Camp, let me talk to you about your green thumb or maybe lack thereof. I'm not even sure. What is the camp household plant? Well, the you know, we have the uh, the tomato plant is out, you know, in a container on the back deck, and I've been accused by my wife of spending more time looking after that plant <laughs> than anything else on the deck. Um, you know, the, the basil and the uh, uh, 
the parsley and the flowers and everything, you know, not getting quite the same attention as the tomato plant. See, this is a contest, folks. This gets serious when you enter a competitive nature like this with friends of yours, family members. And Chris, one thing that you've learned in this process of overseeing your tomato plant or any other vegetables or things on the back deck, what have you learned? Yeah, staying on top of watering. Um, In fact, you know, you're supposed to, what is it, like an inch a week, right? Yeah. And I've also, as I also understand it, you're also supposed to water like first thing in the morning and then early in the evening. You're supposed to water twice, twice a day. Very so good. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's my rule of thumb. I love it. Green and as it is. That's right. <laughs> and watering deeply that way. You're not doing just a little bit at a time. You're watering at the base. Chris knows this. Tad, not so much. You know now. <laughs> you know now. Now, Judd, in, in your time of when you do get fruit and you do have a harvest, yeah. how do you guys go about that? Well, you harvest in the morning and the evening. Uh, you want to pick your almost ripe fruits just before a heavy rain, if you can, uh, the rains can kind of cause cracking. So We've all seen that, right? Yes, the, yes. the tomato cracks at the top? Yes, and the squirrels don't mind that, but we actually do. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right, so Tad, uh, with your idea with this contest, I know you have taken copious notes on your success. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What I've learned is uh, water, sunshine, and my wife pointed out, and I don't even know if this is true, but she said you plant like a... Uh, uh, basil or something that would go, you know, almost like you want to plant a tomato salad in the garden yes. altogether and that the basil actually will detract, will take the bugs to be interested in the basil. Is that so correct? So smart. Yes. It, it detracts. It takes away nematodes. It kind of distracts them. Marigolds, things that flower, attract pollinators, which helps with the you know, production of the fruit. Right. So Jessica's absolutely right. She gets and a, a BB gun for the squirrels. Yeah. I just learned that from Judd. That's Wait, terrible. who said Wait that? No, just to th- just to have it leaning up against the fence, not to use it. You monster! One Ooh. of the most mortifying moments of my life involves said squirrel and a BB gun, and it's not for air. Walter knows this was the most devastating moment of my life. I'm not a murderer, but we'll just leave it at that. All right, so Mark and Maya are going to keep this plant alive. She's helping take care of it. She's doing all of it, yeah. (laughs) She's out there watering and and taking care of it. So what note did she leave for you as far as a tip? Well, she told me to to tell the folks listening to remove sucker stems that grow out from the main stem. I would not have known that. Uh, Thank you, Maya. Because this promotes good airflow, which, of course, reduces disease. You don't want disease on your tomato plant. That is so smart. What stem was that again? It's a sucker stem. (laughs) Google it. Maybe she's trying to tell him something. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, when you have your your main stem that grows, you know, vertically, and you've got horizontal stems coming out, a sucker stem is going to be kind of coming at like a 45-degree angle. It's just unnecessary. It's just extra leaves, extra stems. So we want the energy to go into more... Um, confined places to produce the fruit. How would you know that there's not a tomato waiting to grow on the sucker stem? Like, how do you know that tomatoes are going to come from a stem or not? If you pinch the sucker out early, you'll get it before it has flowers on it. But if it has flowers, you can leave it or you can just do away with it. You'll still get production in other parts of the plant. It's funny. I asked that question as if my plant will ever produce one tomato. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> See, the standards for this, the bar is set very low. For hey, the... this is radio. It's theater of the mind. <laughs> yeah, I've got right. one. The size of the state fair. It looks like a giant <laughs> yeah. pumpkin. Guinness Book of World Records here. Come to Marietta, Georgia. So the time-honored tradition, too, I learned this, of lining up up your garden's best fruit along a sunny windowsill to help it ripen maybe not necessarily the best way to ripen it how would you guys guess that you may want to speed up that process instead 
Ooh. Ooh. You don't like put it in a paper bag. Oh my gosh, Chris Camp. A loosely closed paper bag is a better solution. I didn't know. I've heard that with avocados. Yeah. I'm so far behind on all the, all this knowledge. This is right? you guys are really Wait, impressing I'm me. I'm supposed to put my tomato plant in a paper bag when it looks close to ripe, when it's a reddish orange. Ah, yeah, because that that way the less time you leave it outside, the less risky it is for something else to get to it that well, you don't want to get to. You're talking about it. the picked tomato. Yeah, oh gosh, okay. yeah, don't put the whole plant in a put paper the whole bag. Plant in there. I was like, <laughs> what about the sunshine? <laughs> She thought well, you meant the whole plant. No, I'm. Aaron wow. and I are not winning. This I am thing. so winning this contest. I'm really glad we had this conversation today, gentlemen. This is going to help you along. Okay, so everybody, give me kind of a gauge of how high your tomato plant is, how tall it is at this point. You've heard of Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not close. <laughs> I'm at about eight and a half inches, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mine's three, four inches. It's it's getting oh, there, but it's nowhere. Poor Judd. I am not going to comment because this will be taken out of context. There there will be no rulers taken out or anything like that. Oh, so my goodness. We'll just take y'all's word for it, okay? Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys getting conned. Ashley is as bright as a tomato right now. You know, we should circle back and see who's got the best tomato sauce at the end of this. Oh, oh nice. Oh. Bob Palante. Now, <laughs> Judd cooks, so you could do that. I, I've never made my own tomato. I just, I go right to Kroger. They call yeah. it like gravy it. up north. Yeah, they do call yeah. it gravy, don't they? I'm married oh, to an Italian. Maybe John could, we'll see. Like All right, it. guys. Well, this has been awesome. I'm going to check back with you guys, as, as Chris Camp said. We'll circle back. We'll go around the tomato cage, maybe in another month or so, and see who actually has flowers, A, and then fruit, B. Yes. If WSB still has a license from the FCC <laughs> when this is over, please have us back. So much fun. I appreciate you guys jumping in on a Saturday morning. We'll be talking to you. All right, getting back to the show just a little before 8 a.m. Was that not fun? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much from these guys, and I'm so proud of the little bit of research they've done, but the success they've had thus far with their tomato plants. Chris Camp, Tad Lemire, Judd Hickenbotham, and Mark Aram, all co-workers of mine here at the station, having a great time kind of checking up on them with their updates on their tomato plants. If you don't know what we're talking about with that contest, go to Green and Growing WSB and uh, scroll down the page a little ways. You'll see pictures of the four of them. And, you know, we all have voices for radio, so you don't really know what we look like. So check out the guys there. We're going to keep up to date with them the entire summer. All right. Uh, weather update there brought to you by Finley Roofing. I want to get to another great listener question, Barbara and Milton. But first, got to do this. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, you know it. It's middle of summer, right? Weeds are popping up everywhere. They can really invade your garden space. It's frustrating. They steal essential nutrients and water from the things that you want to keep around. You've got to eliminate weeds as you see them. Just pluck them out completely and weed regularly. That way it's not overwhelming for you. There are organic weed control methods that you probably need to practice if they are taking over some of your vegetable gardens. Um, And add mulch to the garden. If you hadn't already done that earlier in the year, maybe you did, you didn't put it on thick enough. About two to three inches thick is going to do the job to choke out weeds, or maybe you had some wash away. That is going to be so crucial. Uh, Number two, berry bushes. They're doing what they do. They're berrying. I don't know what kind of berries you're growing, but so many different varieties. Wonderful in ice cream with cottage cheese. Oh my gosh. But have netting on hand. You want to take home 
every last bit of the berries that you've grown. you got to have that netting just to throw loosely over the bushes to protect from eager birds. And uh, number three, I know you do have your hands full with the summer vegetable garden right now, but start thinking ahead to what you'd like as far as fall vegetable crops. Get a jump start now on looking at seed catalogs, talking to your favorite nurseries about which seeds to buy. And you may even want to start thinking about placing some of those orders because they go fast. Okay, we started off the show with some great questions from all of you. You submitted them to the Facebook page. Maybe you don't call in because you're busy or you're shy or you just don't have the time. So uh, next up is Barbara and Milton asks, do caladiums need to be fertilized? Caladiums, those are one of my favorite tropical-looking summer plants. They're known for their long-lasting, colorful foliage, kind of like elephant ears, but a little bit smaller leaf in some cases, um, and more colors. I mean, they come in greens and whites and pinks and even some reddish. Uh, They grow best in partial uh, to full shade, so that's a good thing. They're very heavy feeders. So, yes, Barbara, uh, they definitely could be boosted a little bit with uh, an application of fertilizer. Now, keep in mind, high nitrogen, that's that first number when you look at like 10, 10, 10, nitrogen, that's that first number. That can make them a little less colorful. But high phosphorus, the middle number, that helps produce good tubers for next year. So one tablespoon of fertilizer, maybe a 5, 10, 10, that's lower in that first number, nitrogen, every four to six weeks this time of year. And, of course, those of you who have grown caladiums and had success, gosh, they're great by the pool. They're, they're great in a lot of places. Um, but you know to dig them up before the weather gets cool. You overwinter them, keep them in a brown paper bag. I personally didn't have any success two years ago, but I'm going to try again. Uh, you can overwinter them, sure, and then put them out next year again when soil temperatures really warm up though they will just be stunted and not do well at all if the soil temperatures are still pretty chilly all right coming up in the eight o'clock hour more about national pollinator week my chat with becky griffin from the university of georgia and pike nurseries falls right in line behind that some great ideas for pollinator plants all of that in the eight o'clock hour can't wait to hear from you 404-872-0750 you're listening to 95.5 wsb When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.